Welcome to season four of the Life Giver Podcast, a place for honest conversation and hope that will breathe life into your service, family, and home. This is your host, Corey Weathers, and I'm honored to take this opportunity to invest in you. Our generation, like this, like you and I have to be the women who like really empower each other, our age group, but then we also need to start encouraging the conversations to happen that think of explaining your daughter, like every part of her body has a function and she was made special. She can recreate life inside of her body and that is an amazing thing. And and it is hard to talk about those things, but we have to start. Welcome to another episode of the Life Giver Podcast. This is your host, Corey Weathers. Um, I have a very important interview with Ashley Gammon today. Um, You may have heard of Ashley. She was nominated in the Military Spouse of the Year nominations um, for her base level, and she was nominated actually for her work on women's health and pelvic floor health. And we are going to have a very candid conversation that I think really, really needs to happen Um, Ashley reached out to me a while back and I absolutely agreed with her that we as women are definitely not talking about our overall health, our physical health, um, as much as we should be. And so I absolutely agreed that we needed to have this conversation and it's going to be a candid conversation. So it's up to you whether or not you have listening ears and whether or not maybe those listening ears, especially if they're little girls need to hear some of the information that Ashley is going to be talking about. But I just wanted to let you know that since this is a marriage podcast, Um, We're going to be talking about sex. We're going to be talking about female health. And so those that are listening that are men, I would highly suggest that you listen to this as well because um, it's just as important that you understand your wife's health and encouraging her towards a healthy place. And I think that's also part of Ashley's story that she's going to share as well. So Ashley, that was a huge intro of a bunch of other stuff, but welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you. I think, um, you know, I'm huge on resources and I love the work that you do um, for our community. And I think it's a really big piece of the puzzle, um, you know, because it's this, when, when our health is affected and our bodies aren't working right, it's not just about the physical aspect of it. It's the mental. And so um, I'm so excited just to have resources to be able to refer moms to, because that's not my area of expertise, but I think it's, it's a huge piece to the puzzle. So thank you for having me. I know when Matt and I first got married, um, we were the first of our college friends to get married and there was no mentoring for marriage. There was no mentoring for what does it look like to have a healthy sex life, a healthy marriage. Um, And there was so little out there on what it meant to have just a healthy physical body. And what does that mean to know your body as a woman too? And so you put all of that together. And I feel like we as women are just navigating life and marriage accidentally and not really knowing what's healthy and what's not healthy. And then you have children and then you're still trying to figure it out. Nobody's talking about it. And this is huge. This is huge that we as women come together and become that village of mentoring each other. So I want to commend you on being brave and being um, somebody that's stepping forward and starting this mentoring to help women understand their bodies better and achieve a new level, level of health and wellness that they haven't had before. So I think what I'd like to do with you, Ashley, is to let you tell your story because I think that's it's a powerful story that we can all resonate with. So it's kind of crazy. You're, you are advocating for women's pelvic floor health <laughs> and it's so much more than that, I know. Um, it's a strange niche for you to get involved with. And so why don't you take us back um, and tell us a little bit about how you got there. Um, and I know you're also a military spouse as well. So just share a little bit of your story. Okay. Yep. So that's, um, you know, I think a lot of times that's kind of how we get into our work, or at least um, for me, that's how I got so passionate about this area of women's health was because my personal journey of suffering and Um, I didn't necessarily suffer suffer in silence, which what a lot of women are doing. They're not speaking up about these problems for so many different um, reasons, and we can get into that later. But for me, I actually did search for my answers, and I kept going to healthcare professionals and, um, you know, because we know our bodies better than anybody else, right? And I had my first baby when I was 24 years old, so for 24 years, you know, I lived with my body and the way it worked and the way it felt, and then as soon as I had had that first delivery, I delivered all three of my girls via C-section, things just weren't right. And, you know, you kind of wait, I had a C-section, which again, there's, there's little to no education or resources after that as well. Uh, we were stationed in Schweinfurt, Germany at the time. My husband had just gotten off a 15 month deployment and I was one of the many, um, you know, pregnant spouses. 
um, after that deployment and they offered some really great childbirth education classes and had some really great resources and I literally took all of the steps that I thought, okay, I'm going to go into this, I'm prepared, I read all of the books. And I think it's just one of those things that until you've gone through it, until you've had that first baby, you just can't, you can't even imagine what it's going to be like, right? Mm -hmm. um, but now looking back, one of the huge topics that's missed is the way our bodies are, are feeling, the way they're working, um, or maybe not working after babies. So I feel like, you know, we're prepared, you know, we kind of um, just like check the blocks for all these things. But then we deliver baby and then all of a sudden it's kind of like mom's pushed off to the side like okay you're done now like now it's baby 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 all these well checks and everything um so i had the emergency c-section in a german hospital which was again kind of you know what i mean like you just don't know it's just traumatic. traumatic. <laughs> right and it was it was traumatic because i'm in a foreign country it's my first baby i'm young and all the healthcare professionals are speaking in a language that i can't even understand you know, the recovery, it was like, it was just like that six week time period, right? Where you wait your six weeks, you go back to your doctor and I was just cleared like, yep, go back to, it's always, it's always sex and working out. I don't know why that those are yeah, always like, address. yeah, yeah. And it's like, go ahead. breastfeeding and finding success in that. That's it. Right. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> I was kind of cleared to go back to normal activity. Everybody's normal is going to look so different, but your body's different now. It's gone through a process, whether you had a C-section or whether you had a vaginal birth, even if you had the most perfect drug-free vaginal birth, your body has gone through a lot of trauma. Um, and I, I don't mean to, to, for that to sound like a bad word, but it's like, you know, I always tell moms, I'm like, you're basically like running like a triathlon, like your body's going through a triathlon. It's an exhausting, um, event and then you're done. And then it's just like, what are we, what's next? Right. Uh, we get to the States, my husband goes to school, and then I'm thinking, okay, I have to lose this baby weight, right? So I think um, a lot of military spouses can relate to this. It's like, we're waiting for that homecoming, and we're so concerned about what we're going to look like, which again, my husband could care less what I look like. He just wants me to be happy, you know? So like in my head, I'm like, okay, I have to lose this baby weight before I see him again. And so I was, you know, running and doing crunches and just trying to do everything I could do, um, you know, just to get the baby weight off. And now that I know what I know now, those were probably two things I shouldn't have started with because my poor core and pelvic floor um, needed some love. They needed some rehab. They were muscles just like every other muscle in the body. And, um, but again, if nobody teaches us these things, how are we supposed to know? We just, we, I did exactly what my doctor told me, go back to normal activity. You're cleared. You're good. <laughs> and then I had, we had the second baby. So the second C-section again. So now we're in the States and then it's, again, it's like my body's not working, but now I have practically two babies to take care of. And I always kind of joke like for, for us in our military career, like deployments and babies just go hand in hand. We'd have another baby and then my husband would be gearing up for another deployment. So it was like, again, I couldn't focus on my needs because I had to take care of everything and everybody else. So it's, again, just suffering through the pain, the symptoms, which now I know, you know, pelvic floor and core dysfunction type stuff. So, um, you know, and I can remember, again, still going to the doctor, like, like, what is wrong? What is wrong? And literally would just be told over and over again, like, yeah, this is normal. Like, what did you expect after two C-sections? And, you know, you just kind of get like, I always felt like when I went to the doctor to, to get help, I left feeling like, like I just wasted their time and like I'm inconveniencing mm. them, you know, cause now I'm leaving yeah. and like, Oh, this is normal. So this is just how I'm supposed to feel. And then it's kind of like, I would deal with that answer for a while, go about my life. Um, and then go through this like kind of period of, you know, the pain and the constipation and the bloating and people constantly asking me if I was pregnant when I wasn't, um, painful sex on and off, you know, and like you were saying earlier, like it starts affecting your marriage and every single thing in life. And then I had another, I got pregnant again. So I had two and a half years gap between baby two and three. And again, looking back, I never healed my body in between my pregnancies. And again, a major abdominal surgery, you know, now we're talking times three and baby number three was also born in Germany. So now again, we're in a German hospital. Um, I had my tubes tied. So we knew we were done having babies and again, just working out through the pain. I think that's, that's my, like my biggest memory. Like, gosh, I just, so you, I've heard you talk before, um, and mm -hmm. you talk about um, working out through the pain. So describe where where that pain was and what was the pain. 
So for me, the, the C-section, so I obviously, my C-section scar, I mean, it would feel, I mean, I don't know if this is a good analogy or not, but I would tell my husband, I'm like, I feel like someone was just like on their knees, just like boxing my stomach. Mm -hmm. Like that's how bad it hurts or like kicked me or something like so much pain across my incision and then the lower back pain. And then which would cause the, the hip pain. Again, my shoulders would always hurt my neck. And you just, you just like assume like, oh, it's from breastfeeding. Or even if you're bottle feeding, you know, you're in these weird positions all the time. So you just always, and because the healthcare professionals are telling me, oh, this is normal. You just like, oh, okay, this is just normal. This is how I have to feel. Um, but I think the biggest one was like the lower back pain. I mean, I would cry some days and then my, my scar, my incision. And again, knowing what I know now, it's like myofascial release. And this is, this is a big topic for moms, C-section moms. It's like, we have to be getting some, some um, rehab to that, to that scar, not necessarily rehab, but like a women's health physical therapist. That's when I first learned about this technique, you know, cause that scar tissue, I mean, it's just going to get harder and it's going to attach to other things. So for me, like, um, the way my women's health PT explained it to me is basically I've had this, you know, the scar that's been reopened a couple times. Every time it's reopened, it's causing more scar tissue, more buildup. And it had attached to my bladder and then was pulling down. And obviously we, we don't want our bladder to be going down, right? We mm -hmm. want it to stay where it's supposed to stay. Um, so you know what I mean? It was like that, could that have been avoided? And you can't ever go back. And I try not to be like that. I try to like really embrace my journey because it's my journey. And if, if I hadn't have gone through what I'd gone through, then I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing and so passionate about making sure women have this education and a resource. Um, so yeah, that was for me, that was the biggest pain was my, my C-section scar and then the lower back pain. Before we even get into like what is the pelvic floor and why is that so important? And some of the symptoms that I think um, some people have already heard, you've mentioned a couple symptoms and they're probably, you know, maybe their ears are pricking up a little bit. And so why do you think that there is so much silence surrounding our bodies, surrounding just every part of our body that is meant to create and, and give birth to this just beautiful life and have this ex extraordinary experience, but we don't talk about it. Like we don't, we go to the doctor, like you say, and we're saying we don't feel well, but we don't talk about how our bladder feels. We're not talking about right. our vagina. We're not talking right. about like all of those sensory things. And we're definitely not bringing up sex and people are afraid to talk about if they're having pain during sex. And so why do you think there's so much silence surrounding it? It's almost like I there's a lot of shame as well. Yes, absolutely. I think one of the biggest things is that we're not being taught as we're as when we're young. And so that's like, again, like one of my huge like passion projects I'm like trying to figure out because unfortunately women are getting, some women are getting these resources when it's, when there's already a problem, there's already a symptom. And it's like, let's back up. How can we back up and change this? So I'm thinking if we start educating younger girls sooner, and I mean, I have three girls, so I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> you know, we talk about this stuff and we're very open and obviously it has to be age appropriate, but you know, my oldest is coming home from school asking me about sex, which, you know, I'm not ready to talk to her about, but if she's asking me about it, she's clearly hearing stuff at school. And so I, I, you know, make sure to explain things to her, what I think is age appropriate for her and for, for us and our family. But I think that's one of the biggest things, you know, I, I look back at my own like personal journey, like my, my mom didn't teach me these things. Like we didn't mm -hmm. even use the word vagina. Like, you know, we always had like a nickname or whatever. Um, the sex talk was like literally just ridiculous. You know what I mean? It wasn't mm -hmm. like, didn't prepare me for what really sex was. And so I feel like I always try to say like, I, I understand it's hard because if you don't have a role model in that area who like taught you these things, it's hard to then figure out how to teach your children. Mm -hmm. And then you can, you can continue to go back generation and generation. Like I think of my husband's grandmother who will be 80 this year. Like, I mean, you didn't talk about that stuff. Right. right. Um, you know what I mean? It was just, and so I think generation after generation. So I'm like our generation like this, like you and I have to be the women who like really empower each other and our, our age group. But then we also need to start encouraging the conversations to happen. Um, and for age appropriate. Right. And I think like, I always try to tell my moms who are uncomfortable to talk to their kids about it. Like think about like the features of our face. Like that's just like a given. Like with, when you're little kids, it's like one of the first things you teach your kids. You know, the kids can point out all the features of their face, you know, eye, nose, whatever. And what they do, it's like, think of, think of the vulva like that. Think of explaining your daughter, like every part of her body has a function and she was made mm -hmm. speci special. You know what I mean? Like she can recreate life inside of her body. And that is an amazing thing. Um, 
and and it is hard to talk about those things but we have to start or because I, I think of like some of the stories I hear from my the women I work with I'm like I could not imagine my girls going through that I do not want them to have to go through that because it's so unfair so I think we just have to start having hard conversations and reaching out for resources when you don't even know where to start, have, you know, on, on having those conversations. I, I absolutely agree. And I think that um, there's a lot of shame that surrounds this subject as well, not just our bodies. Um, I've mentioned before that, you know, for women, you know, when you get your period, when you're a young kid, like you're immediately taught that it's a gross thing, that it's a thing to be shameful about or that embarrassed about, or maybe you have an embarrassing experience at school and kids make fun of you or, you know, that tampon drops out of your purse, you know, and that you're supposed right. to feel, you know, shamed or embarrassed about that. And so from a very early age, we have these messages that I think that we're brought up with that um, I've heard a lot of women talk about how we detach from our bodies from a very young age. We go, that part of me, I don't want to talk about. Um, I, I cramp every month and I hate it, you know, and I hate that this is happening. And this thing that is about me that causes pain, I don't like it, so I don't want to address it. So I think that's part of it. We detach from our bodies. And so in a way, we detach from that the whole pelvic area of our body. We go, I'll address every other area of my body and of my life, but not that. And right. then I think we get a little bit older. Um, and I, again, this varies for everybody, but I think for a lot of people, and I see this in my, um, in counseling with women, I cannot tell you the number of women that come in for counseling that have issues surrounding sex and issues in their marriage surrounding sex. And they feel so ashamed about that because mm -hmm. the message in the world is that we're supposed to get married and enjoy it. That's it. Right. Like that right. is our education. Get married, enjoy it. Try not to do it before you get married, get married, enjoy it, have a great time. But I get so many women that especially Christian women that come into the office that are like, I am not enjoying it. I don't even know how to do it. Like I don't mm -hmm. even know my body well enough or what I'm, I thought it was just supposed to be automatic and they have nobody to talk to and nobody to turn to because there is no mentoring. And right. so what we end up having is this psychological loop that I know you're seeing too, that when you experience that level of pain or struggle, and then you don't know the answers on top of that, then it increases that discomfort. And then we have a really tough pattern that we've got to work right. out of. So there's something to us having the conversation that we're having now, normalizing that a whole lot more and saying, look, like there's so many women that are struggling with this. And that's why I think what you're doing is really starting to catch on um, I know, especially in the military spouse space, everybody's starting to talk about it. Everything from, I'm tired of peeing my pants. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. the easy one to talk about, mm -hmm. right? Like we all kind of joke about the fact that we can't go to the trampoline park with our kids and we're just going to all sit on the sidelines and watch them have fun. Right. All the while wishing that would be a great workout if I could get in there. Right. Right. That's the easy one to talk about, but talking about painful sex or painful intercourse um, or constipation, you brought that one up, um, mm -hmm. is not something that we're willing to talk about. And it's really important. And I'd love for you to share about your husband because your husband was a huge advocate in you yes. getting better. And I think that there's a lot of men that listen to this podcast as well that need to hear this message because they can be the most powerful advocate for their wife. Um, even though it's a tough conversation to have, we should be able to have these conversations in our marriages to go, I love you enough and I love your body enough and I want you to feel well in your body that um, this, is, this is something that we share together. So talk right. and tell everybody a little bit about your story and how your husband was involved in that. Yeah, so again, you know, all these years suffering and, you know, my husband was always the one, uh, my husband and I have a very, you know, open communication and so he was really the one that was just like hearing everything. And I was just able to like explain everything to him very openly. Like, this is how I'm feeling. And, um, I discovered I had a diastasis recti, which again was a term that I had never heard in my life until I got into this line of work. And again, um, hundred percent of women get some form of it during the third trimester. So if you've had a baby, you know, those ab muscles separate. And I always say, instead of it being like the scary thing or a bad thing, it's a super amazing thing because if those ab muscles didn't separate, baby wouldn't grow, right? So our bodies are so amazing that that happens. But if the muscles don't go back to where they need to go, or at least they're not functioning, then this, this is when you have all these symptoms. So I discovered I had this diastasis. And then again, you know, you Google, quick Google search, and it's so overwhelming, right? Because you just don't even know, like, what is this? Okay, I have this. And then one article I would read and I would think, okay, I have it all figured out. And then I would read the next article and it would say the complete opposite. Very overwhelming. 
And so again, my husband, I'm like, you know, he could see that I was getting very overwhelmed and, and frustrated. So he kind of took over with the research and literally one morning I woke up and he's like, Hey, I did some research for you last night. I found a really awesome online program, had really good reviews. I bought it for you. And I was like, okay, like it's Mutu. And I'm like, can I pause a second and ask you how you felt when, when he said that he already got it for you? What was your reaction? And I was just like, wow, like that is like the sweetest thing ever. Like it was, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, he was literally searching for, to help me. And he had no, he had no idea what he was getting me, but it had good reviews. Right. So he's like, this worked for other women who are dealing with what you're dealing with. So yeah, that's, it's special. It's like those little things, you know, and <laughs> better I, than I really any gift. I, like that. I really do. Because I think there's a, there's other women that are listening right now that would have felt shame that would have felt like there's some, maybe he's saying there's something wrong with me. Maybe he's not satisfied with me. Maybe he's like, would have all these lies and messages that would pop up in their mind that would add to the shame that they're already experiencing. And I really wanted you to say that because, um, it really genuinely was coming from a place of love and support for him to do all of that work and for him to go ahead and, and I think there's a lot of women that would have maybe seen the program and done that research and maybe, we're afraid to start it, that we're afraid right. to make that commitment. And so for him to do that for you, I think was incredible. Yeah, no, that you bring up a good point though, because, because, you know, Mutu is all about rehabbing core and pelvic floor and building the foundation. You know, this is not a program where it's like, Hey, join us. And we're gonna, you know, we're not about weight loss. We're literally about empowering women with education resources to have a functioning body. So I think that can be hard because a lot of husbands would even like, no way, I'm not going to buy my wife and exercise program because she might take offense to that. I think that your example, hopefully somebody's going to hear that and go, you know what? The next time my spouse does something like that for me, I need to receive it in a different way and I need to receive it as love and support instead of um, delivering some loaded message. I think it's very rarely, very rarely in marriage are we delivering loaded messages. We're just out of our own fear thinking that it's loaded. So, um, I know we've gone through all of this and I know that there's people listening that are like, okay, get to like, what are the symptoms and what are the problems and what is the system that can help? And so what are some of the symptoms that maybe some women out there are experiencing that they don't realize are actually symptoms? Okay. So, yep. Some of, some of the bigger ones that again, um, aren't being talked about, like you talked about the peeing your pants. Like I think that's everyone kind of, it's kind of there because there's all these memes and, um, I mean, I don't, the last time I flipped through a regular magazine, the amount of adult diaper ads that are in there is just totally mind blowing to me. Um, so that one gets normalized a lot, but I'm here to tell you that it's never, ever normal to pee your pants. Like no, no way. Um, so incontinence is a huge one. And you know, I, when I talk about incontinence, I'm talking about urinary and fecal incontinence. Again, if people aren't talking about peeing their pants, they're definitely not going to be talking about pooping their pants. Um, but it's a very real symptom that women are dealing with and you can imagine how that's affecting their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's a big one, painful sex, huge one. Um, and that can be, that can also mean some pelvic floor tightness. And again, we hold a lot of our stress and that, you know, that in our pelvis as women. And so, um, again, we have stressful lives as mothers alone, military spouses, and so a lot of times if a, if a mom comes to me and says, I'm experiencing painful sex, I send her right to women's health PT because I don't know, I don't do internal work, um, just to be safe and make sure she's headed down the right direction. Um, constipation, hemorrhoids, again, something we're not talking about or something that's very easily like, oh yeah, this, this like happens. You just have a baby and then all of a sudden you get to deal with hemorrhoids for the rest of your life. It doesn't have to be a thing. Um, and another big one that I hear so much is queefing. Um, like people like will be into yoga. Like they're like, I can't even go to yoga because anytime I try to do a downward dog, I queef. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, for, for people who don't know what that is, it's basically like a fart from your vagina, you know, and it can be very embarrassing. Obviously if you're at a yoga class, you wouldn't want that to happen. Right. So that's another, um, the more workshops I teach, the more I'm hearing that one. So I've actually added it to my outline because that's one that you would probably be embarrassed to bring up. Right. Like you don't want to be like the only one in the room to raise your hand and like hope that someone else is dealing with that too. Um, pelvic organ prolapse is another huge one that we don't talk about that women have no idea, um, what it is. And one of the big, um, phrases I'll listen for when I'm working with my moms is she will say, I literally feel like something's going to fall out of my vagina, you know? And obviously that's not a very good feeling to have pressure, right? It would be feeling like a feeling of pressure. Yep. 
So I think that those are the main ones. Um, again, it's part of your core system, so it can affect so many different things. Okay, um, so let's talk a little bit about what's going on there. So um, with the incontinence, what, and it may be all connected to the same exact thing, but I mean, you've mentioned what sounds to me like um, some issues of tightness, which would be the painful sex. And then I'm also hearing what sounds to me like um, just the muscles being really loose. And mm -hmm. so Describe a little bit about what's going on with the pelvic floor muscles that's causing things like the incontinence or the prolapse or, or, or that kind of thing. Okay. So if you can imagine, um, you know, if moms want to get on the floor and sit down and kind of like visualize as I'm talking about this. So your pubic bone, if you touch, you know, feel for your pubic bone and then reach around in the back, feel for your tailbone. So like that entire area in between where my hands are, like my pelvic floor is right there and it's kind of like the sling. It's a super complex muscle. It's not, you know, the way I explain it, sometimes people just think it's one big muscle. Um, complex group of muscles that attaches to all different kinds of muscle, um, like your glutes and your inner and outer thighs and everything. So basically it has, the pelvic floor has three holes in it. Your urethra, which where, you know, we, we pee from. Vagina, which a lot of us have our babies from and then your anus. So those three holes are part of pelvic floor. So you can imagine sit, sitting a baby on top of that, right? All of that pressure that that would cause. And then if you have a vaginal delivery, again, our bodies are super amazing. So that muscle will stretch to the max to allow for baby to come out vaginally. Um, so again, those two things right there, just the pressure of nine months of carrying around all this extra weight and then the vaginal delivery. But again, if you've had a C-section, I always say like, Moms often think, oh, my pelvic floor is fine because I had a, a C-section. I'm living proof that you can have dysfunction. I had three. Um, and then, you know, you think about the moms who pushed for hours and hours and hours and then had to go have an emergency C-section. You know, that's a lot of trauma on pelvic floor. So basically, you know, it's just, it's like any other muscle in the body. I mean, take any other muscle in the body, stretch it to the max. It's not just going to go back where it was six weeks later. And that's what I find so frustrating about this part of our body. It's like, not only are we not talking about it, but like mm -hmm. the healthcare professionals are also like, it's just like this ignored most important muscle in our body for women. <laughs> you know, I think some, I think some of it is that um, there's some level of it recuperating enough that people think that it's done. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that you get a couple months post baby mm -hmm. and sex is starting to feel like it's a little bit more back to normal. And so I think that women assume that it just all kind of went back to where it was supposed to go. Right. Right. And our bodies are amazing and there's a lot of healing that it does on its own, but we need, we need to go, go in there and give it some extra love because, you know, statistics, you know, one of them is like, um, 30% of women five years postpartum will start leaking. So it's like, in my mind, it's like, okay, so you can take a mom who's had a baby. She didn't know about any of these resources. So she just went on about her life. Boom. Five years later, she's like, oh, I, why, why am I leaking? My baby's five years old, you know, and that happens often enough. And so it's like, I always say prevention is key. We've got to prevent these things from happening. And I know sometimes it's hard to, you know, like, well, why would I want to focus on rehabbing something and I'm not even having problems yet. Right. So a lot of people are then are not attributing um, the incontinence to the pelvic floor issue because it's five years later is what you're saying. Right. Right. They think, you know, why would they, why would you just all of a sudden start? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing. I just had a message this morning um, from somebody in the military community and old, an older woman, you know, started leaking and I'm like, you know, she was told, you know, like, oh yeah, this is just part of aging. And I'm like, we have to, and this is why, why I just can't stop talking about this stuff. Cause I'm like, some women will just accept that answer and they'll go buy pads or their diapers or do whatever they have to do. And I just think that's so sad for so many reasons. Like how disempowering is that? Like to have to wear a pad or a diaper or a certain color pants when you go out in public because you're just not sure when that next accident's going to happen. Absolutely. I'm so glad you're talking about this. Um, I want to go back just for a second. Um, the painful intercourse, would you say that that's also because the pelvic floor muscles are loose or were you saying that it was more because of, of some inappropriate or not inappropriate, but abnormal tightness? I think it can be, it's, it's tricky because, um, and that's why I always refer to women's health PT and um, because they'll, by, with an internal exam, they can tell what's going on. But sometimes women will be suffering with painful sex and they'll go to the PT and they'll have some weakness on one side and tightness on the other side. So it can be a really, you know, I say tricky to navigate, but it's not tricky when you're at the right healthcare professional. Um, 
so yeah, I would, but it's always for me, it's a red flag because I would hate for them to focus so much on strengthening the muscle if it's already tight. Another mm -hmm. thing to pay attention to would be if you can't wear a tampon anymore. Um, you know what I mean? Again, some women are mm -hmm. like, oh, I just thought since I had a baby, I wasn't going to be able to wear a tampon anymore. No, it's because that pelvic floor is too tight. It just can't, it just wants to push it back out. Mm -hmm. um, so it can be a combination of both. And sometimes women are suffering with painful sex and they don't have tightness and it might be some other issues, but yeah, so, um, it can definitely, it's, it's so tricky, right. To navigate cause you don't know. But that's why this is so important. You know, I, in the last year, um, I started to focus on my own personal health because it's like you said in the very beginning, like we tend to take care of everybody else but ourselves. And we just accept that this is what it is, or this is what aging is or whatever. And I reached a point in my life, maybe it's just part of being in my forties, which I'm going to start maybe not saying that so much after talking to you, <laughs> but, um, but when you feel like you're not well and, and doctors are just giving you muscle relaxers and they're just saying mm -hmm. it just is what it is, it's just not, you have to be your own advocate to go, I want to decide whether or not I'm at my optimum health or not, or where I say I can do no more. Like, let's take an assessment of our body, like from our toes to the top of our head and ask ourselves, where do I not feel my best? And not excusing that anymore and actually going to people who know how to help you with that area. And since nobody is talking about this topic, you could, there's so much out there now. And that's what you're mm -hmm. trying to do is to spread the right messages of, you don't have to pee your pants. You don't right. have to, um, feel like something is going to fall out of your vagina. Like this is something that you can make better and you don't have to wear adult diapers when you're 80, if you right. know how to take care of your body. So let's jump in and talk about the system that's completely changed your life, not just physically, but also your career. You've um, really adjusted course here. So talk a little bit about the Mutu system and moms, which you have started also. Okay. Yep. So remember my husband, you know, basically told me the next morning, Here, here's your login. I got you this program. So I logged in and I watched the welcome video and it was just like for the first time I just felt like, Oh my gosh, somebody is listening to me. Somebody is validating all of these things that I've been dealing with. Um, and I just trusted the process. I think that's probably something I say a lot too, along with prevention is key is I just, you know, you have to trust the process because it's going to be different than what we're used to. Right. As far as if you're thinking about, um, like exercise, like, you know, the things that I learned how to do through this program, you know, the muscles I learned how to engage and, you know, it was kind of like getting familiar with my body, you know, in my thirties, which sounds insane. Like how am I, you know, um, I guess when I found Mutu about three and a half years ago, so 33, 34 years old, and I'm just now like starting to pay attention to my female anatomy. Right. Isn't um, that so crazy? It, just, it is crazy. And it's just so normal for, I mean, this, this is the norm, right? It's like, mm -hmm. we can't even label our own parts of our, of our vulva and have no idea how it works or what we're supposed to do with it. Um, so it was definitely, I was able to kind of put myself through that journey and learned along the way. And I was in the fitness industry already. And I just felt like, you know, this, I'm going to specialize in this area of women's health because, um, three weeks into the program, I mean, I, the biggest thing for me was the body confidence that I gained from it. And it, it had nothing to do with the way I looked, but the way I felt. And I don't think we, we don't realize how bad or what a bad place we're in until we get out of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And you look back and I'm like, man, that was really affecting my life. Like every aspect of my life, it was affecting it. So when my body started working, it was just like, wow, like I just wanted to, I had this energy back and I think, you know, you can, so many different factors, right? Um, motherhood, you know, everything's just so exhausting. And I feel like the timing was right where I was kind of moving on to that next phase. My girls were sleeping through the night and all that stuff. So um, everything, timing was everything for me. So uh, shortly after I finished the program, the founder and creator, Wendy Powell, offered the first ever certification course. So Mutu itself, um, she launched it in 2010. So it's been around system's been around for a long time. And basically for her, what she got, you know, she created this awesome online program, but then women were reaching out to her, like, I need a real person. I need a real person. Like, am I doing this right? What am I doing? Somebody to guide me along the way. So I, um, called my husband. He was, he was gone on TDY and I called him and I was like, I have to do this. I was like, I don't know. Like, I just have this feeling. This is what I'm supposed to do. And as crazy as it is, or it sounds. So he was like, go for it, you know, cause he obviously had seen, you know, my, my, 
transformation um, through the program. So I went in June of 2016, was certified to teach it, came back to Michigan where we're stationed and just immediately I just started my own business and started educating women, just any, any place I could go that had moms, basically, I was just kind of like, you know, I was kind of joking, like I was just out working the streets, just going door to door and so passionate about because like, I was like, I have to share this information with people. Um, and then a little, little down the road, moms came about. So moms is military outreach mutual system. And basically it's just this very special project to serve the military community, both spouses and soldiers, because, um, you know, you know, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners understand, you know, the logistics of our life are, are very different and we are doing so many things. Um, and we need bodies that work right. Like bottom line, like we need, we need our bodies to work right. We don't have time to deal with dysfunctions and aches and pains, um, because we're not going to be able to be our best if, if we're not there. So I'm super excited about that, about moms. Let me just say why, um, why I think this is also important that you're doing this for military spouses. I mean, yes, it is the community that you know best. Um, but I mean, I know as a military spouse with as much moving as we've done, every time I went to a new doctor having to advocate for myself again or try to get that physical therapist again. And so, you know, and the number of times, like you, you said in the beginning with working with some of the doctors when they would say, it's just normal, it's just normal. And you get so frustrated of having to advocate for yourself over and over so many times and having to retell your story and have yep. people tell you it's just normal a million times over Having a system like this in place where you've got um, a military spouse like you, Ashley, that is actually working with other military spouses that say that I can work with you wherever you are and I can right. be that continuous advocate, you know, behind you and supporting you, I think is huge. Because um, right. that I, my husband and I had this conversation even a month ago um, of him saying, you know, it's time to, we were having the whole hormonal conversation. And I've shared that, you know, having to go up and down with all the hormones and how that affects everything. And he's like, don't you think it's time to go back and have that conversation again? And I remember telling him, I'm just so tired of having that conversation. And it's on loop over and right. over again. It's so exhausting. the fact that the Mutu system is something that people can do from wherever they are, but that you are specifically reaching out to military spouses and soldiers to be able to go, look, this can be a continuous conversation. I think is, is a really big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. And that's what, you know, we're really trying hard to just meet everybody where they're at. Right. Because we, cause all of us are, you know, it's like, just as soon as you have your life figured out, something changes. Right. And it is, like you said, I mean, I almost have, um, I was just talking to a mom about this the other day. She was like, every time I go to the doctor, I just break down. I just cry. I get so emotional. And I was like, I get it. I, I completely get it because you feel like, you're, you're already going in there with a mindset of, okay, now I have to start from, from the beginning, tell my, my story again. And you're going to, you think walking in, you're going to get the same end result that you've, you've gotten in the past. So you already go in there with this, like this negative and I hate that, right? You don't want to, mm -hmm. you don't want to go in the, or they're not going at all. And they're, they're just suffering in silence with these symptoms. So, um, I'm excited just to be able to start these conversations. And like you said, just get people, Maybe they're not dealing with these symptoms now, but maybe down the road, or maybe they have a friend who's dealing with it and then they can, um, you know, provide them with this information because I think that's the important thing because it can be over overwhelming. Where am I supposed to go? Where do I start? How do I do this? And that's what we want to provide is just make it easy. Um, you know, people reach out to me all the time and I'm happy to, to give resources when resources are, are, are needed. So can you share a little, I would love to hear some of the success stories starting with you. You said that you felt better. Um, what was it like for you to go from um, having to sit down for that first time and, and not even know your own body in your 30s and to, to actually pay attention to your body for the first time and actually learn your body for the first time? What was that transition like for you when you say you felt better after? I know three-week mark was a huge mark for you, but as far as doing the system, the Mutu system, what was it that felt better? And what was the difference that it made for you to actually understand and know your body for the first time? I think it's like, I can't even believe I was missing out on it my entire life. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, wow, like just being familiar with your core, you know, your core is a system, you know, people, women talk about Kegels all the time. They're like, Oh yeah, I'm doing my Kegels. I'm doing my Kegels. But then my question is always like, well, are you doing it correctly? You know, because 
it's, there's so much more to Kegel than just, you know, what Google will tell you. And so, and so I, I mean, every movement in life, you know, I think about it, like I've been doing some yoga, like I feel stronger now than I ever have in my entire life, even before babies, simply because I am so in tune with my core, like talking about all my ab muscles, my pelvic floor, I'm in complete control. I feel good. Um, you know, I know people don't often think like constipation isn't that big of a, a symptom, but being able to go to the bathroom every day, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it changes things. It makes you feel better. It makes you have more energy. Um, you know, when you're, you're not dealing with your lower back hurting all the time, you know, it just makes you feel good. It makes you feel like you can do things. You're like for me running, um, I was never a runner before kids. It's something I, I really enjoy since having kids. I think it's kind of my outlet, but being able to go on a run and to not be in pain right? Mm -hmm. I mean, to be able to run a race and know that during my training, I'm not going to be miserable the entire time. I'm actually going to be able to enjoy it because my body's working. So I think it's, it's so interesting to me. Um, just when I learned these things about my body, it just made me want to dig deeper and deeper and learn more and more because I'm like, this is my body, right? It's amazing. And I don't even know, you know, I don't even know half of the awesome things that it can do. So what are some of the other women saying who've been through the MeToo system with you? What are some of those success stories or what are the comments that you're hearing from them once they discover that they didn't know their bodies either? Yeah, I think that it's just like this huge eye opener, you know, um, gosh, I've had so many women reach out to me with just so many awesome stories. Like, um, you know, like you, you saved my marriage. Like I can have sex again, you know, like I had a mom, um, she's not a military, one of my local Michigan moms who had no idea how she was ever even going to have sex again. She's like, it's just not going to happen. Um, and you know, and now she's better and now she's just like, you know, I mean that, that drastically changes your deal. life. That's a big deal. Um, and then the leaking that's, I mean, by far leaking is my favorite subject to talk about and educate on. And I just, I love, 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 um, when moms reach out to me and they're like, thank you. Thank you so much. You know, because I don't pee my pants anymore. And I'm always telling them like, you put in the work, you know, I give you the tools, you've got to, you've got to put in the work. So I'm always so proud of them because it is hard to carve out time for yourself, but it's just so, I had a, she's a military mom. We were stationed in Germany together and she hadn't had a baby yet. So she had her first baby and she couldn't even stand up without completely losing control of her bladder. And, um, you know, that can be like a really scary thing too. You know, you think like, oh, motherhood's so beautiful. And then like, you're like, whoa, like what's, what's going on? She went to her doctor and he told her like, oh yeah, just get some diapers and we'll, we'll kind of revisit at your six week appointment. And she obviously didn't love that answer. And so again, I can't be with her in person. So I recommended the system to her. And then two weeks later, her leaking is gone. And I'm like, you know, that's a game changer, right? That's not anything I ever want any mom to worry about, but especially a new mom, because that can be such a scary thing um, and overwhelming. And then to think like your body's not working. And so I just, I love when people share their stories with me and sometimes maybe you have it too, where it's like, you don't realize that you're, you're affecting so many lives because not everybody reaches out, but mm -hmm. then sometimes like years later, I'll get a message and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that people share that with me because you don't know, you don't, sometimes right. you don't know if you're making a difference or not, but I just, um, I've loved the conversations. I love it. Again, it's so such a private issue that people are scared to talk about it. And I hope that people are listening and going, you know what? Um, I'm not alone. Um, there, this is not something I have to live with this way and that there's help out there. And what's great is that, you know, you can try this system and you don't even necessarily have to go to a doctor or go to a physical therapist, even start talking about it. Like just try this and do it for yourself even. And, right. you know, I think that there's a, well, maybe I'll speak for myself because I think maybe there's other people that feel this way too, but I think, um, one hurdle that we have to get over and you're a physical trainer. So I think you understand this too is that um, it can be hard to make time for yourself when you say, okay, I have an hour. What am I going to do with my hour? And you go, okay, well, um, I'm going to go to the gym because that's where I need to put the most work in in the little bit of time that I have. And so it can be really hard for people to say, you know, I'm going to maybe not take that completely off the table, but I'm going to maybe pause that or do it a little bit less so that I can start from the basics and the foundation up and focus on my core for a change and build back up to that. I think that can be a, a hurdle for people that they go, well, how do I um, go back to the beginning if I'm not going to be, um, you know, doing a CrossFit session? You know, am I really going to keep myself healthy if I'm switching over? So talk, talk to that person, maybe me, <laughs> that person that's going, 
how do I fit this in my life? And um, how do I kind of start over? Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a mindset shift for sure. I think that's one of the things I work with, um, with my moms with the most because we're programmed by society alone and the fitness industry does a really good job at saying, you know, more is better sweating boot camp. you know, to get results, you have to be doing all this crazy stuff. And that's where my mindset was, um, when I found Mutu and it's just like, you know, how, how is laying on the floor, breathing a certain way, engaging proper muscles going to change anything. But then when you start, when the symptoms start alleviating, especially for those women who are suffering with symptoms, then you're going to be like, okay, this is, and that's for me. I was like, this is working. I don't know what I'm doing quite yet. And you know, it was, it was a journey and a learning process, but I think for the women, you know, like the CrossFitters or, um, the, the runners, you know, those are two things that people, you know, they don't want to be told like they can't do what they want to do. And I don't want to tell women that they can't do what they love to do. But if you're, you know, if you're lifting heavy and you're leaking or you're running and you're leaking, your body's not working right. So just shifting your mindset and just really, I promise you, less is better, especially when we're dealing with the postpartum body. And postpartum is forever. So I think that a lot of times we hear that word and we think, oh, I'm too far out. I'm too far out. Well, your body's gone through that change. So it will continue to stay in that same state until you rehab it. So again, our bodies are amazing. So you're going to still do everything you need to do because you have to get stuff done. But if your core is not working right, you may, you may be using muscles that don't necessarily need to be involved, if that makes sense. And then often what I find too, and I've taken some different courses, like some female athlete courses so that I can support my moms who, who want to do more of the heavy lifting and stuff. But when your core is strong, you're going you're gonna to realize that you're going to be able to lift heavier. You're going to be able to run faster. Right. And, and again, it's hard because we are, we're kind of bringing it back to the basics, right. And rehabbing and making that core really strong. Um, like I always think, like I thought of an analogy the other day, I'm like, think about building a house. Like you have to start with the foundation and then you build it up. Like we don't start with like the roof and then figure out how we're going to put the rest together. So think of it like that, that foundation has to be strong. And if it is strong, you're going to be able to, to do better and your body's going to be functioning right. How much time do you, um, would you say people would, should anticipate if they were going to start the Mutu system and let's say they're already running or they're lifting or they're in CrossFit or they're doing something like that. How much time would you say they need to anticipate putting into the Mutu system? So the core videos, you're, um, there's four different core videos and kind of, they just build off of each other 11 minutes. So I'm like, I, I know some days it's hard to find anybody can minutes. do something for 11 right. minutes. Anybody yeah. can do anything for 11 minutes. And then Mutu is building that f- strong foundation, but then you do move on and you do do intensives all, you know, safe for the postpartum body. And if you have a DR or suffering with any symptoms, all functional movements, but even that, then we're, we're talking 25 minutes. So you could do, if you were doing like, you wanted to do a whole workout, 25 minutes plus core, there's another 10. And then that's one of the things I love most about it. And again, that mindset shift, realizing that I could do this in 35 minutes and see and feel results versus doing what I was doing before, which was going to the gym six days a week for, you know, and by the time it's all said and done, you know, you get to the gym, you got to do the childcare, you work out, you get home, you shower three, four hours later. I'm like, Oh man, where did my day go? Right. You know? And and since you are a physical trainer, would you mind, um, before we close out today, um, tell everybody a little bit like what your typical day or your week is like when it comes to working out and how you still fit this into your life. Okay. So I have kind of told myself that like my core exercises are, are a must for me because I notice when I stop doing them, that some of my symptoms will start, start kind of resurfacing. So I'm like thinking about like brushing your teeth. Like we brush our teeth every day, no matter what, think of your core exercises, like brushing your teeth. It's something that needs to be done every single day. Our bodies are going to, you know, they need that love. Um, we talked a lot about different, I always talk about the three G's. So as women, we have three things working against our core and pelvic floor, giving birth. If we've had babies, gravity, can't do anything about it and graying as in getting older. So like our bodies, you know, lack of hormones, kind of like you were mentioning earlier, we can't control that. And that sometimes is related to the pelvic floor, absolutely pelvic floor health and weakness. So doing it every day. So for me, like I love if on like a perfect day, if I could have everything go exactly like it was supposed to. I get up, do my core exercises, very relaxing, breathing, laying on the floor on a yoga mat, have my coffee, do my work. I do a lot of my work from home um, now that I've launched moms. And then I try to use my lunch break for my intensive. 
because it's nice for me because, you know, when you work from home and you're focused and you're trying to write something or whatever you're doing, it's just kind of like that reset, getting all the extra energy out and then allowing me to have those extra two, three hours before I have to go get my girls from school. I try to do an intensive at least three days a week for me because I have a lot of energy that's like, you know, I need to release that energy so that I can focus. But I really do try to do my core seven days a week. And again, mom life, you know, the holidays come, it's easy to get out of a routine, but I know that I feel my best. I'm doing my core every day and I'm at least getting my heart rate up three, four times a week. And so when you say intensive, just so, so people understand what you're saying, it's more like a hit exercise type of thing. Yep. Yep. It's just interval training. Um, you know, bands like the resistance bands I could, I mean, I promise you will sweat. That's the great thing. And that's what I love about it too, because again, for this military lifestyle, like no equipment needed, you can get your resistance bands, your Pilates ball and get everything you need to get, to get in. Through the Mewtwo system, correct? Yep, correct. Okay, so um, I know I'm interested. So tell everybody where they can go if they are interested in getting started because I highly recommend, if nothing else, please hear that this is a great time of life for you to actually take care of yourself again and actually get back into your body. Um, so where can they go to find out more? You guys can go to MewtwoStrong.com. Um, that's my website and find out all about the program. There's a nice download. It's um, a PDF uh, you can download for free. It's the 10 things your doctor didn't tell you. So that's going to give you a lot of great information. And then, I mean, you can read all about the program. We're on Instagram and Facebook. And I always tell women, please feel free to reach out to me. Like never TMI, never too much information in my world. Like this is, we've got to, we've got to start these hard conversations. I'm happy to answer your questions. I, you know, I've jumped on, I jump on the phone all the time with women because it's easier because there's so much to talk about. Um, so I always say, call me if you have like super personal questions, whatever, cause I want to make sure you're going down the right direction and you, you have all the tools that you need because I know that this can be a really hard topic to navigate. So I recently saw that you, um, had had surgery and I know there's a lot of people out there, um, who've had that separation with their abdominal wall and have had to have surgery. I'm not sure if that's the surgery that you had, but talk with everybody a little bit about how that, um, affected you as well, because that's a huge, you've had all these C-sections. Right. And then right. right. So I actually, I actually had a, a hysterectomy. So I, and again, it was something that like, I didn't share with people in the beginning because, and I just had the surgery in December, so it's still pretty fresh, but it was like in my, in my mind, my body had failed me again. Like mm -hmm. I had gone through all of this, this time of like rehabbing and trying so hard and like fighting. And, um, my periods were super heavy. Couldn't get them under control. Um, I was severely anemic and because my periods were so heavy, like we couldn't, we couldn't balance it out. I felt like crap all the time. I was told, um, you need to have a, have a hysterectomy. And I can remember just like crying because I was like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, even though I was done having babies, it's just, it's a part of your body. I mean, it's a huge surgery. And for me, my C-section scar was something that I ignored for so many years because again, it's that you, you feel like your body failed you. Like why, why couldn't I have just had a vaginal birth? Why did I have to have this surgery? So for me, it was like reopening a scar that I, I had been working on healing for so many years, even though I probably wasn't where I needed to be. I was, I was at a good place. So I fought the surgery for, for a long time. I mean, we're in 2019 now and I literally just had it. It was actually scheduled the summer before and I let fear take over and canceled my surgery and was like, no, I'm going to do this. I, my body's strong enough. I can do this. I can do this. And so I did have the hysterectomy again. They had to go in an abdominally because I had so much scar tissue and it was a very, um, not only physically, but mentally, it was really, I'm obviously at a better place now, you know, we're about three months post-op, but you know, I felt like a failure, you know? And so I just, again, I feel like this has added another layer to my, to my story. And I've decided that instead of keeping it to myself and feeling like I'm going to be judged, I'm going to fight even harder to empower women with resources and hopes that they can avoid having major surgeries that could have been unnecessary, if that makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. And I'm so proud of you for sharing that story. There's so many women I hear from that have either had hysterectomies or um, have had that option presented to them who um, have to go through that grieving process of not just yeah. um, for some of them grieving that they weren't done having children. Um, right. And that was something that they felt robbed of. 
Um, there's other people who um, feel like you were feeling where maybe you were done having children, but you, that doesn't mean you wanted to lose a piece of yourself. And what does that right. mean? But I'm so proud of you because I, I talk a lot on this podcast about um, embracing your story and bringing purpose out of your pain and taking something that, you know, you wish it wouldn't have happened and you wish it wouldn't have happened that way. And there's something right. about getting older in life that the more suffering you go through, the more you start to kind of just throw your hands up and go, maybe I was never promised for it to go perfectly to begin with. Right. Like maybe I just have to just go it's life that it's happened and I've got to figure out what am I going to do with my story? Because if I just keep it to myself, it creates a sickness that right. it just puts you in a really bad spot. And so in, in no way would I expect you to be fully healed from not only the C-sections, but this recent surgery as well. But for you to say, you know what, I'm just going to keep talking about it and I'm yep. just going to keep sharing it because somebody else needs to hear it too. Right. It's a huge deal. I noticed too, again, I, you know, I searched high and low for, for the right doctor for me, because obviously this was a major surgery and I needed to fully, um, trust the person who was doing it and have a good relationship with them. So I kind of went through a couple of doctors before I found the right one and I loved him and I can't say enough good things about him. But again, I got zero resources for the recovery period, but because I know what I know, you know, I mean, I was, um, you know, two, three weeks after surgery, I was doing my, my core engagements and my pelvic floor engagements. Um, six weeks post-op, I had already set up, you know, two months of visits with a women's health PT. So I've been seeing women's health PT once a week. And, you know, I mean, this is important. Now I've literally like, you know, had an organ removed and more trauma. And, but, but my tool bill is so full of resources that I feel like, you know what, Mentally, it's, it's a whole different story, but physically, like I'm on the right path, right? And I, I have the resources that I deserve. And I'm just feeling so sad once again for like the women who have the surgery. And then again, six weeks post-op, they're like, yep, you're good. Go back to exercise and you're clear for sex. And I'm like, there's so much more. So that, that's another, again, part of my story, right? Before I wasn't talking about this because I hadn't gone through it. But again, it's really opened my eyes to see like women who are having hysterectomies are not being served properly afterwards. So I well, plan I to start talking about it. I want to mention what I heard you say in a previous interview, um, which is that um, TRICARE will cover, cover physical therapy. And you've mentioned several times, I, I know there may not be a lot of women's internal health um, physical therapists, but at least going and asking for somebody and TRICARE will cover that. And so it's just like any other physical therapist, you just have to be an advocate for your own health and not be ashamed of that. And hopefully this conversation is helping people go, you know, maybe if I actually bring it up with my doctor, that they're not going to be that surprised by what you're bringing up. And even if they tell you that's just normal and it's just part of being a mom and part of aging, you can go, yeah, but I also know that you can give me a referral to a physical therapist that I don't have to live with this. Right, um, that you can absolutely. also do the Mutu system and start taking care of yourself now. And so I definitely want to make sure that I um, say that. And I think in closing, you've mentioned a couple times, I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to deliver this message. You've mentioned a couple times that you wish that you could give people the right education and resources so that they maybe wouldn't have to go through such a major surgery. Is If there's someone out there um, that may um, need to have a cesarean or is being told that, or maybe they've been told that they can't have a vaginal birth because of that, is there any messaging or education that you would like to put out there for people to think about so they can start asking the right questions? I would think, um, yeah, it's just getting to that right resource, right? And I think it's it's tricky when we're dealing with this area because we're always we're, we're typically seeing our OB, and your OBs are are awesome, but this is not their specialty, right? They do not specialize in pelvic floor and core health, even though they're working in that area um, close to the pelvic floor. It's not their specialty, so I highly recommend. Yeah, if you've been if you've been told that you need a hysterectomy or you've been told you can't have a vaginal birth for whatever reason. Highly recommend getting that referral to Women's Health PT because they are going to give you the most holistic approach because, um, you know, there's a time and a place for surgery and I'm thankful for it, but so much of it can be avoided and it, it's, it should never be your first, um, your, your, the first thing you go to. I always say like, let's try exercise first and rehab first and then, and you know, that was for me, even before my surgery, I was seeing my Women's Health PT because I wanted to be, make sure I was really strong going into that surgery, obviously I couldn't control that 
um, you know, what happened during the surgery, but, and then I was like, I had the tools for after. So I just highly recommend women's health PT because they're going to be the ones who really give you the right resource for whatever your situation is. Ashley, thank you so much for your time and um, for your education and for your heart. So those of you that, that are listening, definitely look into, I'm going to have all of her links in the show notes. Um, I'm definitely going to encourage you to reach out to her system. I know I'm going to do that personally. Um, just because like she said, now that I'm in my forties, um, I really just want to be a better advocate for myself and I want to claim my own level of strength and what feels right for me. And so I hope that you guys will reach out and do the same. So Ashley, thank you so much for what you're doing and for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the life giver podcast. If you're enjoying these conversations as being free of advertising or sponsorship, please help me by spreading the word to other military and first responder families that might benefit from the show. If you'd like to find out more about me or LifeGiver, you can find more information at www.coryweathers.com or life-giver.org. <laughs>